0: Hi, people. I'm so excited to share with you today's first episode all about defining mental health. I think that it is such a great thing that the topic of mental health has become more and more socially acceptable. And yet I find that oftentimes it's very vague as to what we mean by mental health. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Mental Health for Holiness podcast, a podcast for women who want to find hope in their mental sufferings and improve their psychological well-being so they can love Jesus more. I'm your host, Talia Kruzzi, and I'm so grateful you're here. Okay, so when you Google mental health, you will get different versions that say that mental health is an umbrella topic and it consists of emotional, psychological, cognitive, spiritual, social, health, it's all all encompassing. In other words, it's basically everything that's not physical health. And I think that that's kind of vague. So when I am talking about mental health, personally, on this podcast, I am talking about the cognitive, psychological part. When I talk about emotional health, I will say emotional health. When I say spiritual health, I will say spiritual health. Of course, these things are not all mutually exclusive by any means because they are actually all very interrelated. But anyway, I want to make that distinction of when I'm talking about mental health, that is what I'm talking about, the cognitive part. Okay, here's another thing. I find that when the topic of mental health is brought up, in general, subtopics like anxiety, depression, moodiness, bipolar, postpartum depression, baby blues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that all come up. But those are all more so expressions of mental illness. Now, granted, mental health by itself is neutral and, and can be positive or negative, right? So just like physical health, we know we can say someone is in poor physical health. We can say that someone is in poor poor mental health. But more often than not, I feel like we all talk about the downside of mental health, the illness part or the imbalance part or what have you. So what does positive mental health look like? What does it take to be in a state of good mental health? I'd say that this is where it gets a little bit more abstract perhaps. And this is also really important to define what the end goal is here. So to make it a little bit more simpler to understand, I, I like to always compare it to your physical health because that's just more concrete. The measures that we use to evaluate physical health are much more objective, right? So we can say that a healthy blood pressure is around 120 over 80, or whatever the group of researchers and scientists have agreed upon is "quote unquote" healthy. The same with your cholesterol levels, your resting heart rate, your ejection fraction of your heart, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The point being that physical health is just more objectively measured. And the end goal is to have optimal physical function, to physically go about our life, walking, talking, eating, driving, getting dressed, et cetera, et cetera. The big end goal mission is a bit bigger than that, but I'm going to leave it at, at that as far as the physical realm goes. Okay, so we measure physical health in objective measures with the goal being basic physical function. So when we talk about mental health, And what makes up good mental health, it's about optimal mental function. And I think a lot of what revolves around the ability um, of good mental health and good mental function is the ability to make good decisions. But in order to make good decisions, we need to know and be aware of the reality of the situation at hand. Or in other words, the truth. We need to be able to see and know the truth. How much our thoughts are aligned with the truth, I think is a very good way to think about what good mental health is. The more our thoughts are aligned with truth, the better our state of mental health is. An important distinction here is to know the difference between objective truth and subjective truth. And I don't mean to insult your intelligence for anyone who's listening. I just know that for myself, I did not know the difference between objective and subjective truth until I was a freshman or sophomore in college. And I learned it at a love and responsibility book club. Cause of course it's a hard read. And I was like, wait, what? And so anyway, I just, I remember very distinctly remembering uh, or learning that, the difference between objective and subjective. And it's something that has been a crucial learning point in my life that I can't imagine not seeing the difference. And yet you don't know what you don't know, you know? I, so anyway, uh, so here I'm I'm just going to define it really quick. Um, so objective truth is, is that a a truth that is true regardless of my opinion or my feelings or, or what have you. So, for example, like two plus two is four. It's true regardless of my opinion or what I feel about it. So, for example, there is the objective truth that I am a human being and I am not a dog. Okay. However, if I thought that I was a dog and I acted like a dog, you would probably think that there is something mentally wrong with that person, that their thoughts and their actions are not aligned with, their, with the truth. Do you get what I'm saying? So then there is the individual subjective truths that include, that do include our opinion and they do include our perspective. So for example, have a glass of water and the objective truth is that this 100 milliliter glass has 50 milliliters of water in it. Okay. That's, that's an objective truth. We can measure that. Is the glass half full or half empty? Well, that's a matter of perspective. These types of truths, subjectively speaking, this is what requires a good amount of self-awareness or self-knowledge. It involves what makes us unique. And if I'm able to say in a situation that I I am patient or to say, or perhaps the, the truth is that I am not a very patient person at the moment, perhaps... The, and these can be truths about our personality or our character at that moment. What is so great is that those are not hard and fast truths. We don't have to say, "Well, I'm just, I, I'm just a very impatient person. That's just how it is." We actually have the power to change from an impatient person to a person who practices patience. But regardless, the point here is that good mental health is made of thoughts and psychological function that is aligned with truth. Of course, then the next question is, well, what is truth? And that's, that's always where the rub is, right? There is a lot of secular psychology that will say that you are your own God and you are the center of your own universe and you need to fulfill every physical desire that you have. And it all needs to be about you and your self actualization or quote unquote, self-fulfillment, whatever. It's all about you and your happiness and your fulfillment. And you know what? Happiness and fulfillment are very, very important. Very, very important. Of course, we all want to be fulfilled. We are meant to be fulfilled. We are made to be fulfilled. But we aren't meant to do that all ourselves. For those of us who love and follow Jesus, we know that fulfillment does not come from just serving ourselves, but from serving each other living in communion, giving and receiving, being in relationship. That is the truth. The truth is that we are made in God's image and likeness, that we are inherently made good. We are fallen, but good. We are fallen, but we are redeemed. How many of us have that narrative that is always on repeat in the back of our mind, that I am good? No conditions. I am made good. Not I do good or people think I'm good, but just that I am good. I am made good because I am made in the image of God and God is good. I may choose to do bad actions, but ultimately I am made good. I think that is a very basic truth. Unfortunately, that is not on repeat in a lot of people's heads. It wasn't on repeat in my head for a lot of my life. And when our thoughts are in line with that truth, that I am good. It's a very good possibility that we have a good mental state of positive health. And there's lots of good things coming from that. And then the next question is, where do our thoughts come from? Are they conscious thoughts? Are they subconscious thoughts? Am I in control of my thoughts? Those are all things that I'll dive into in in later episodes. But I just want to wrap this episode up with, with one question. Are your thoughts aligned with truth? Think about it. And God bless your day. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Mental Health for Holiness. If you have any comments or suggestions or want access to more resources, you can go to mentalhealthforholiness.com and know that I am praying for you.